So your job, brother, is to do the open for the podcast. You remember gotcha. what it's called? Dinner at Johnny's. Okay, you ready? I'm going to start the music, and then you do the bumper. Okay, gotcha. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, do you have a rumbly in your tumbly? I'll bet because it's time for Dinner at Johnny's Podcast with your host and my brother, Johnny Spazzano. Hey. Even though I say, yeah, even though I say Spazzano, it's all right. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. You're welcome. Love you. Thanks a lot. How cool is that? I got my brother to do the introduction, and I also have one of uh, my good friends from the West Coast out in Hollywood right now. Shelly Goldstein is with us today. She is a writer and performer who has written for every genre of TV, film, and stage. Her one-woman show plays. They sell out all the time. And she recently wrote the comedy special Wait, Wait, Don't Kill Me and performed it with Lily Tomlin, Pete Holmes, Kevin Nielsen, and Margaret Cho. She's been doing all kinds of crazy stuff on TV. She's involved with a number of sitcoms. She writes stuff for uh, everybody from uh, Jay Leno to Sasha Baron Cohen. She- hello, Shelly. Hello there. Hello there. Only- hello there. Ah, okay. My pal Johnny, so good to hear from you. It's so nice to talk to you, too. You've been on the radio show a number of times. And she is coming to us from Hollywood right now, so we're not really having dinner today, unfortunately. You you got ripped off, Shelly, because this whole podcast involves me cooking food for people, and then we just sit around and talk around the table while we're eating. So usually you have to buy me dinner before I do anything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wait, That's what a girl wait, does. You know? <laughs> wait, there we go. <laughs> uh, so, Shelly, let's just talk about this right now. There's a lot of people out there who may or may not be interested in writing, in comedy, in, um, you know, theater. And you've been doing this how long? My entire life, yeah. seriously. Yeah. I, um, I, I first appeared on stage when I was about three years old. <laughs> you were and for real. I- not yeah. a joke. And I, w- and I was discovered uh, by a great man who you might know. Everybody knew him. Yeah. Gary Marshall, the great TV creator and film director. Of course, Laver- I'm going to say Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley, Happy, happy days. days. Mork and Mindy, Pretty Woman, you know, uh, so many great movies. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day. How, how did Father's he, Day, how were you Day. discovered? How were you discovered? How, how did he find he, you? Uh, many, 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 many years before me, but he, he went to Northwestern University and I went to Northwestern University. And when I was a student there, uh, I was doing radio and I was doing theater and he came to the campus because he wanted to uh, do a seminar on television writing. And I was invited to be a part of that. And at the time, I was doing a, sort of a Saturday Night Live, like, you know, a sketch comedy show. And he came to see it, and he liked it. And I was working on a play at the time with a, with a friend of mine. And uh, our play opened in Chicago, and it was going to run for six weeks, and it ran for two years. And he came to see it shortly after we opened. And a few months passed, and he called me one day, and he said, you're ready. I'm giving you a job. You're going to write one of my TV shows at Paramount. You know what? Holy yeah. So that's how my shit. that's how my life started. I can <laughs> I can swear this is a podcast. That's that. 
what an uh, you know what what a thrill it must have been to have someone say, oh yeah, you come work for me at Paramount. So oh, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. And so, I was you know I was twenty at the time. It, what's your? I, I did I did work on Laverne and Shirley. It was the last year of that show, and that show had had uh, been on forever. Mm-hmm. So people generally think I'm about eighty years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But yeah. you started young. And, uh, uh, but I started very, very young in the business, and I was so lucky because I uh, my my very first job in television was writing uh, for Gary Marshall. My second job in television was writing for Norman Lear, the two coolest guys in television. And right after that, they both left television. So I think it was my fault. <laughs> How do you know what's funny? You know something? That is a great question. And the only way I can answer is, how do you know when you love somebody? How do you know that you like chocolate ice cream and not strawberry ice cream? It's not something you can describe. You just know it when you it's know there. It. You know it. Something makes you laugh. It's funny. Do you, you know? like when, and, you, and, when you sit down and you have to write a TV show... <laughs> Like that's the, the, when my toilets get cleaned. <laughs> really? That's, what that's do you mean? When I wash dishes. I do laundry. You have to have a certain amount of procrastinating time, and then you need, like school, you need a deadline. You need to know I have to have this done by X. Okay. So you do all sorts of stupid things that sort of get you in the right headspace. Right. The pressure's got to be enormous. Yeah. Like, oh my God, yeah. it's a new season, and I've yeah. got to come up with some funny stuff. Yeah, but if I if I can give you a kind of serious answer in case there's anybody out there who's thinking about writing comedy, yeah, um, I think a big mistake people make is that they don't go with their own gut as opposed to, you know, you, Johnny, this is what I think is funny. Me, Shelly, this is right. what I think is funny. But I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to try to figure out what the audience, whatever that may be, however that might be defined, what are they going to like? Yeah. And I think, you know, not everybody thinks the same thing is funny or the same music is their music. Yeah. But, you know, if you like something really passionately, uh, somebody else is going to like it. I saw this amazing interview the other day uh, on, on uh, good old YouTube. And it was George Martin, the man who really was the fifth Beatle, who, you know, produced every single Beatle track with the exception of a few from Let It Be. Uh, And um, he was explaining to his five-year-old granddaughter why he signed the Beatles. And he said, well, it wasn't just that they did good songs or that they were nice or that they were funny. He just, I liked them so much. And I thought, well, if I like these guys this much, somebody else has got to like them this much. Hmm. And he said, so I signed them. (laughs) Yeah. So well, that's good. That so works. when you so, go, when so when you sit down and yeah. you're like, okay, I got to be funny today. Is it, I mean, do you, okay, so I'm good. This, like, do you drink? Do you smoke weed? I'm being honest. I just want to know. Honest and truly, I, I, I don't. Yeah. Um, my, my, my only sin is I will occasionally have a menage with Ben and Jerry. <laughs> um, don't, don't let my husband know. <laughs> Uh, but um, yes, you can tell she's got the gift. (laughs) You got the gift. But but that's again, that's the thing. You know, it's like if you're if you're a great basketball player, you know, you just know how to do that. You know, you stand here and the basket's there and you go and it goes in the basket. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. it's it's not like, well, okay, now I have to study and get a slide rule and look at the, you know, the cosine of where the, no, you just throw it and it goes in there. So I want to know, so, it's your first day, it's your yeah. first day going yeah. to Paramount. Yeah. Tell me about that. When, you know, the movie, the movie so studio. I was so dumb. I was so stupid. I was so stupid. I didn't even park on the lot. I parked like like a, almost a mile away because I couldn't find a street where you didn't need a parking pass. And I showed up to the front gate, uh, which is a gate you've probably seen on uh, different movies. I know. Many, ready? Uh, I'm going to yeah, describe yeah. it. That, it's that, it's that beautiful uh, wrought iron gate. Right. Wrought iron gate. It's a stucco yeah. tan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Beautiful. So then I just walk through, not in a car, so that immediately says stalker approaching. Sure. And I went up to the security gate and there's a guy sitting there, you know, doing his job. And he's like, who, who the hell is this coming over? And I said, hi, my name's Shelly. And I start here today. And it's, it's amazing that I wasn't back in Chicago by lunchtime because that's not what you do. Yeah. You know? In yeah. fairness, no one had told me that I had a parking space. Right. But, right. but, uh, but yeah, I just, I was so overwhelmed and I had a very, very dear friend who had also come from, Northwestern University, who had gotten there a, a year ahead of me. And he saw me, and I'll never, ever, ever forget this, because I was so nervous. I was literally shaking in my boots. And he just said, uh, you know what's funny. You know what to do. God bless him. You can write. You know, And sometimes we should all be able to say that to ourselves You know, in a perfect world. Yeah. But another yeah. thing is, whatever your talent might be, that doesn't mean that, you know, I mean... It, it's a cliche, but it's true. Lots of people in comedy are, you know, we're screwed up people, you know, right. we're insecure. We, we, we second guess everything, you know, and it's just in, in comedy, like life, like love, listen to your gut, mm -hmm. you know, in everything you do in life, I, you know, Colbert calls it truthiness. You know, it's like, listen to what you know is the case. Believe in and, yourself and just, yeah. Know. And, yeah, and it's just you don't always believe yourself, but 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 sometimes trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust trust yourself, and then maybe you'll get to the point where you can believe yourself. So you those yourself. those of you listen, this is the uh, Dinner at Johnny's podcast. We're with Shelly Goldstein, yeah. and Shelly, you you often will write for like award shows and things. Am I right? Like the I, jokes. I do a lot of stuff. The Writers Guild, the Producers Guild, a lot of a lot of different uh, you know. Uh, organizations that do big star studded galas. So how do you get gigs like that? How does it, how does it work? Um, you know, uh, funnily enough, I started, uh, performing after giving it up for a very long time, uh, about, uh, you know, some, some years ago, early in this century. Yeah. And, uh, a wonderful producer, uh, named Scott Morrow, uh, came to see one of my shows. He liked it. Yeah. He was looking for a writer. He called me, he put me on trial and uh, hired me to do a small show. And I think I've done about two, 300 shows for him since then. Wow. You know, so it's just, again. So he, he'll funnel you into different projects. Yeah. And, gotcha. and, and because I've done things for him, other people have heard about me and, and um, you know, I don't have an agent. People just, people I've worked with, you know, with very, very rare exception, they'll, they'll hire me again, which is a really nice thing. I believe it because you, you and, have a star quality of your own. Oh, and, and of course, if you <laughs> if you want to see some of Shelly's comedy, she is on YouTube. 
We'll give you the plug yes, on that. Please, please. You please, want to throw please. that out there? Where's what's the address? Uh, it's just you know, go on YouTube and just look up look up my name, and you'll see. Is it Groovy Shelly? Wonderful videos. Groovy Shelly. Groovy uh, Shelly is, is is my and uh, but Shelly Goldstein will get you to my YouTube channel. You'll see things like uh, the Middle Age of Aquarius. You know, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I actually um, I did a parody for uh, Marriage Equality. Years ago, I took a song from Mary Poppins and I rewrote it as "Stupid, Callous, Homophobic, Hateful Legislation." Oh my! And uh, do you remember uh, any of it? Can you give us any of it? I mean, oh god, not to make you perform uh, here on the spot, but oh lord, this is the dinner at Johnny's podcast. <laughs> Let's see, stupid, callous, homophobic, hateful legislation. Even though they wrap it up in laws to save our nation, how can it be moral to condone discrimination? Stupid, callous, homophobic, hateful legislation. You know. Yay! I basically um, every one of my boyfriends in in high school was gay. You know? <laughs> so I, I think if if they didn't know before they started dating me, as soon as they started dating me, they knew. You know? Yeah. So I think I think I was the gateway drug to homosexuality oh, for stop. lots of guys. <laughs> now you are you are uh, you're happily married now, and your husband as well married, is in the yeah. entertainment business. Am I right? I am happily married, yeah. and right now my, my husband and I are actually writing a couple of uh, new TV shows together for for British and Irish TV. Oh. Which, which is, uh, and I'll tell you more about that when I can tell you more about that. Okay, that but sounds it's, good. But it's very exciting, very, very exciting. Nice. It's not Dunton Abbey. No, 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 no. <laughs> I throw that out there. All right, so let's go back to your first day on the lot. You walk on. Yes. Now, now I want to go to, I want to know, like, do you just sit down and all the writers are like, hey, it's the new girl? No. No? They're, are <laughs> they nice to you? And they're like, don't worry, of, we'll write all your jokes for you, girl. No, 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 no. It was sort of like, who the hell are you and why are you here? Mm. Um, like anything else, like any first day of school, there are nice people, there are not nice people, there are people who, who welcome you, there are people who don't want you there, you know, any office anywhere. That's why shows like the office and parks and recreation and things like that are so, uh, or cheers or, you know, things like that. Right. They're so popular because they're real. Every, every group of people has those same sorts of people in them. Yeah. You know, somebody works really hard, somebody who screws around, you know, I was once on a TV show where I shared an office with two guys who didn't think women should be allowed to write comedy because women were not funny. <laughs> and every day, this this would not happen now, but this this was back in the 90s when it was a very different world, sure, children. Sure. Uh, every day, one of them would drop trowel and walk around naked, and the other one would... Um, um, how can I say this politely? Because I'm a lady. Uh, you can would, say it. Would, would release air. <laughs> oh man! From and and light it. You know, so he almost set fire to the to our office one day. <laughs> and um, you know, so there were those people, but there were also wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people I worked with. Actually, I, were, I, I hate to tell you this, but he's here with yeah. us. He's here with us. There you go. <laughs> Wait, he's here. With, he's here with us right. He's here with us right now, uh, Shelly. Shelly, do you remember? I do remember. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. I'm I'm playing with... Memory is illuminated. I'm playing with fart Um, sounds. No, no, no. 
that's funny. Um, but, um, so yeah. So oh wow. No, so that's got to be also, tough. I, I had I had mentors. I had people who 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 gave such great advice. I also, you know, I mean, ev- everything. You know, again, the, the every office is the same. I'm sure it's yeah. the same. You know, in in Washington, or in you know Buckingham Palace, or the Kremlin. You know, just sort of there's there's different types of people in every organization probably a good place to have a sense of humor especially if dude's walking around with his pants down it's crazy so so um do you remember like the first uh like line or you know maybe joke that made it onto a tv show was that like an exciting i do yeah i actually do it's in a script that does not have my name on it that's another interesting thing about television writing particularly sitcom writing is there usually is a staff and when it says, you know, this script written by Johnny Spisano, what that means is you wrote the first draft and it's primarily your story and your, your draft of the script. But then it gets, as it goes through rehearsal, it goes through lots of changes and the staff sits around and, well, how can we make this a little tighter? How can we make this a little funnier? You know, so, so there are many shows on TV that have my name in the credit where I've written some of it, but I've written more on scripts that don't have my name on them. I see. So in other yeah. words, whoever comes up with the idea gets their name on it. And then everybody who makes yeah. it funnier or fixes it. Yeah. You, that's you, just, yeah. If that's, I mean, you get, cause you get paid to be there and make it funnier. So yeah. you're not being cheated in any way. It's just, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it starts out as a solo thing. And then with most sitcoms, it's, it's kind of a so, group thing and it's great. It's so much fun being at a table with a bunch of really funny people. I once uh, helped uh, Steve Martin uh, punch up one of his movies, and there were about 15 of us around the table all day, and we just went line by line through a script. And it's like, how do we make this better? How do we make this funnier? And he would get up and start acting out suggestions we were making. And it was, it was, it was heaven. I just died and gone to heaven. I'm watching the smartest, funniest man in the universe just making something so much better. And the better time you're having, the funnier it gets, right? Exactly, exactly. And also, again, because we're all human, you put, you know, again, I'll use a sports analogy because I know nothing about sports. I'm the biggest klutz in the world. But um, you put 15 really good athletes together, and suddenly the game gets a lot more interesting. Right. Because – because you know their 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 shots are are you know whatever whatever they're doing they're doing it better. It's the competition you want to yeah, show off. Oh, I can yeah, come. If yeah. you're if you're boxing with Muhammad Ali, you got to bring your best. You know, if you're shooting hoops with Michael Jordan, you you have to raise your game. Uh, you're listening. So you put, listen, I'm just I cut you off because you're listening to the the dinner at Johnny's podcast with Shelly Goldstein, <laughs> and you are an awesome guest, girl. I love this. If you're having dinner with Johnny, you have to make it good. I so, love this. Again, so so with a lot of funny people, you get funnier and your mind goes faster and the lines are flying like like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, bullets yeah. flying. Sure. And and it's fascinating, you know, and but so, getting back to I will tell you the first not the best thing I ever wrote, but the first okay. thing I ever wrote that made it on TV. And you're I'm trying to envision this. Do you did you okay. like I mean, I'm sure you saw them produce the show, but I mean, did you sit home and watch it on a Saturday night? Well, I, I sat and watched it while it was being recorded. Okay, okay. And okay. while it was rehearsing, okay. you know, as well. And right. sometimes I, I see it uh, on, you know, on TV. Uh, but you've already B- seen B- it. BTV so. or something. Yeah. But um but there was a character uh, played by the lovely Leslie Easterbrook called Rhonda, who was their beautiful Slightly, you know, 
Marilyn Monroe-esque, you know. She's the bombshell. The bombshell who was a little flighty. Okay. And she brings a present of a plant that she has that she's she's giving as a present to someone else. And she's talking to the plant as she's watering it. And I'm going to paraphrase this and people will say, how did this woman ever have a job? But (laughs) what the joke essentially was, was, oh, little plant, you're just like me. You're beautiful. You, you know, you rise up when the sun shines and you hate what, when we hate it, when our roots show. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is amazing. This yeah. is, I love this though. Just the satisfaction of knowing that you came up with that. And then you hear the audience uh, laugh. Yeah, that's, that that's really fun. And that also happens, you know, I, I perform as well and I, I don't do stand up per se, but I do, uh, you know, ca- a cabaret sort of combination of, of music and comedy. So you sing too? Yeah, I do sing. Yeah. And there, you wouldn't have known that from what I did before, what? but uh, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of comedy in my show and it r- runs the gamut from very G rated to very hard R rated, not wow. X, but hard R. You got to keep up with and, the times. And I have, of, I have often said, it's funny because, again, as I say, I'm the least athletic person you'll ever meet, but I see everything in kind of a sports way. And when you're doing comedy in front of an audience and it's working, I suddenly know what it's like to be surfing on like a 50-foot wave because you're just – what you're saying and how you're saying it and how the audience is reacting is literally riding a wave of energy that's coming towards you from their laughter. And I'll tell you something, it is, it is the best drug in the world. It is, it is the biggest high in the world. I'm sure. What do you suggest for people who might want to get into writing and producing and creating any advice for people off the top of your head here? Yes. Here's the good thing about now. Right now, there are so many outlets. What you're doing right now is an outlet that even 10 years ago would have been unthinkable that you could just sit in your house and have people listen to you. I'm petting my dog right now and I'm wearing slippers. (laughs) There is uh, you know, there's YouTube, there's comedy or die. There's, there there are, you know, there's, there's uh, Instagram and FaceTime and and Facebook and TikTok. There are so many different outlets for your material. So whether, you know, all those commercials for your iPhone of people saying, you know, this movie was shot on your iPhone. Well, yeah, you, you have more equipment on your smartphone than, you know, 20th Century Fox had in 1930. So you true. You know, you've got, you've got better lighting. You've got a better mic. You've got a better lens. You can, you can record in your kitchen. You can record in your school. You can record at a friend's house. You can, you know. Uh, you can you, edit on your phone and do yeah, everything exactly. you need, everything you would ever need. Now, obviously, you got to get creative. Yeah. Get creative. So, well, now comes the hard part. Yes. Once you put it on YouTube, you have to remember that a billion people have put videos up that day. Yeah. So you have to find some way to get through the the clutter. But if you keep doing it and you're good, somebody's going to find you. And you have to believe that. And, and um, you know, whether, again, whether it's singing, whether it's rapping, doing a, a stand-up comedy set, writing a small play, there's a million ways to, to get your stuff seen. 
So do it. You know, I, I, whenever I talk to people and, uh, you know, particularly young people, cause I teach a lot and it's like, you know, well, I'm going to get a headshot and I'm going to look for an agent. And I'm like, well, well, yeah, but what are you going to do? Well, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, I, th I think I know this manager and it's like, no, but what are you going to do to make them excited about you? As I, as I said to you, uh, the man who gave me my big break saw two pieces of theater that I wrote and put on stage and was in and directed, Yeah, you know, neither of them were Broadway, you know, right. they were, they were yeah. both done for, for 20 cents and, and a lot of, you know, spit and masking tape, you know, and you were 20 but years do old. It. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you do it, you know, and, and, and now, like I say, uh, just having, uh, you know, a loom cube and a phone, you can, you can make something that's, that's better than things that were coming out of studios technically in the fifties and sixties and seventies. All right. I want, I want to find out. Cause I, I, I you know, I a hundred percent agree with you. Now is a magical time because I am sitting mm -hmm. on my screened in, uh, you know, outdoor porch recording this right now in my house mm -hmm. and we're getting out there and hundreds of people, hopefully thousands will hear it. And Shelly, millions, Johnny, millions. millions. We'll say millions. You're gonna now, Shelly, Shelly. <laughs> yeah. So as far as jokes go, I want the cleanest joke you've ever told and the dirtiest. Oh my god! Oh my I god. want the cleanest joke you've ever told and the then the dirtiest. I just because you told me your comedy show, which again you can find Shelly yeah. Goldstein, Groovy Shelly on YouTube, and you can see her act, and you can see the clean to the R, the cleanest <laughs> and the dirtiest. What do you got, Shell? Um, well, I'll let you decide where this one <laughs> fits. <laughs> if this is the cleanest. Okay. But, but one of the, when, when I, when I start my show, I, I've often said, if people come out and applaud, I just so happy that they're applauding. And I say, I, I really thank you for this. Uh, I, I, I need your applause. I long for your applause, but I never really feel I deserve it. I, I have problems with, you know, with that sort of thing. I mean, I, 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 I just don't have any self-confidence. I, I, I fake orgasms when I masturbate. Oh! Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to disappoint anybody. Is that, you know? is, that the, <laughs> is that the clean one? You, you decide where that one goes. <laughs> You're so good. I mean, I a clean know. joke, you know, the cleanest of all jokes would be, you know, why, does, why was six afraid of seven? I don't know. Why was six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. Hey! Bada boom. You know, I didn't write that. <laughs> you didn't write it? Okay, all right. We'll <laughs> but that's the cleanest joke anyone could tell. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. So, yes, we're uh, on the phone with someone who makes their living, has made their entire living, their life, uh, uh, in uh, writing great things. Now, obviously, you you are a master at, at you know, the comedic thing. Do you write serious stuff too? I do. I yeah. do. The, so the stuff I'm writing with my husband right now is, is actual drama. Uh, now, I, I think the best movies, TV shows, whatever, combine a bit of both. Okay. Because life, life is never all serious or all funny. And comedy is just tragedy that you look at in a different way. <laughs> and tragedy is often incredibly absurd. True. And sometimes you, know. you just need to laugh at it. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, I mean, our, our lives are so tragic right now. You kind of have to laugh at it. Yeah. How'd you otherwise, do during the pan pandemic? Were you able to, 
this get through I, it? I've been I've been pretty lucky. I've been pretty lucky because I did a lot of Zoom shows to different uh, places around the country. I want to tell you something. You want you want a test of your metal as a human being. Yeah. Do yeah. comedy on your own in your own room into a camera to an audience that you're you know you have no idea what they look like. You know you're not seeing them. You're not hearing them but you're feeding them comedy and hoping that they're laughing. That is so that tough. That was terrifying. Yeah. That was terrifying. And again, you just kind of have to believe, okay, I, I, I trust what I'm saying. I trust this build. It's going to work. So during the <laughs> pandemic, yeah. um, so a, I, a lot so of the I, late I, night shows had to, had to do just that, be at home. And, and unfortunately, without being in front of a studio audience, I just think it lost a lot. Well, it's hard. It really is hard because – Again, it's a partnership. Comedy is a partnership with the audience. Doing it by yourself is kind of like, you know, playing playing volleyball in an empty field. You know, right. the, the ball's not going to come back at you so easily. Hang on, you know? my, my phone's ringing right now, as a matter of fact. Uh-oh. Hello? Hello? Al? Oh, let me do this. Al? Oh, we almost had him. He hung up. This was my tell Al well, to stop calling me. Al, stop calling. <laughs> let me just let me see if he answers. I'm gonna call back. Okay. Because you were just talking about how you need an audience to there work with go. you. So Al, hey. Al, listen. What up? You're on my dinner at Johnny's podcast right now. No way. Yes, and I am interviewing an awesome lady by the name of Shelly Goldstein. She's written for. Uh, a number of very famous people, some who are on uh, ABC 50, which is where you work. Al, Alex Hazard, works at ABC 50. He also is a broadcaster. So say hi to Shelly. Well, Shelly, hey it's there. so nice to meet you. Yeah, so um, anyway, I was going to call you and see if you wanted to come over and be on the podcasts, but you're a little late, Al. I'm always late to dinner, Johnny, but I'm glad to be part of the podcast. And I'm glad I called you back. And Shelly, it's great to meet you. So I will let you guys get back to your back to your supper, and hopefully I can rain check them. All right, we'll get you on later. We were just I, since you called, I thought I'd put you on. Have a have a good one, Al. Good. Alex Hazard, everyone. Okay, bye. Right. Hey, Alex. Poor guy. Put him right on the spot there. There you go. All right, so uh, I was going to use him as the audience, but he's gone now. That's okay. Yes. <laughs> So, um, let's see. So we've covered, um, you know, you first day, uh, and then of course continuing on it, when the show ended, when, when, Mm -hmm. when the show ended, how does that feel? Uh, when Laverne and Shirley ended, I don't know what, what other shows you were part of back then, but when that ended, how did that feel? Especially that was your first gig. Well, you know, you, you go on hiatus when the production season is over and then you hope that they or somebody else will call you. I I was very lucky at first because, as I say, the the second job I ever did was I wrote a pilot for Norman Lear, which was amazing. Okay. And then, um, lest you think that everything is just, you know, absolutely sunshine and lollipops, yeah. I didn't work for a lot of years. I know because that see that's you the know? toughest thing about your kind of gig. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you work and oh, everything's great and you're flying high. And I think this has got to be the way for a lot of people in Hollywood. And then uh, yeah, it dries it up. It's, yeah. it's feast, it's famine, you know. And what you have to do 
is um, you just have to keep going. You have to find, you can never be someone who thinks that work is just going to find you. You know, eventually. You make your own you, opportunities. Yeah, exactly. It's, okay. it's um, and that is impo as important as talent. And the other thing is there is nothing fair about this business. Nothing fair at all. Um, I'm so enjoying seeing that um, there are so many more women in comedy now than when I started uh, because I, I lost a lot of jobs because they said, oh, we already have a woman. You know, they had 12 writers on the staff, but only one of them, you know, was female. And uh, there was just always this this belief that, you know, somehow you're lesser. And some of the, you know, some of the funniest people I know are, are women, you know. Yeah. And some of the funniest people I know are men. And, and I like working with both of them. But it was know? tough because it's a boys club. And uh, we're going to tell dirty jokes with each other. We don't need no it women was, around. They're not funny. It was. And, yeah. and you know, um, it, it, it it's getting better. You know, it's definitely getting better. And yeah. I like to encourage that, you know, mm -hmm. but, but again, a lot of times, even brilliant people, I've known many, many people who are just absolutely amazing, who've never worked as much as they should. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. It just, it's, it's sort of like, this is going to sound weird, but whenever the Academy Awards nominations come out, there's, there's always this headline, who got snubbed? Yeah. You know, who did Hollywood snub? And it's like, well, no, that's not what happened. There there were, you know, 50 or 60 movies this year and there are five slots. So people voted for their five favorites. And you have no idea if, you know, the one that got in at number 5 got 500 votes or 5,000 votes. You know? Yeah. And maybe the one who was number 6 got 501. You know, yeah. or, or 499. Yeah, there's only you know? winners and so, losers. So, so it's not like everybody decided, okay, we're all going to get together and we're not going to vote for this movie. That that just doesn't happen. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, so sometimes in life, you're the first person on the list of five. Sometimes you're the fifth person on the list of five. And sometimes you're the sixth person on the list of five. And yeah. that's just the way it is. So all I can say is find another list mm. to get on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you get let down if you don't, you know, win the Oscar. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, one of those things. It's still just an award show. At least that's my, that's my take Well, I mean, at, at, at the very least, there's politics. You, know, you got nominated. Yeah. And if the very least you didn't get nominated, you got a movie made. You know, do you know there are something like 25,000 new screenplays are registered at the Writers Guild every year. Okay. You know. Wow. 25,000 movies aren't being made every year. You know, in, in 10 years, 250,000 movies aren't being made. So that doesn't mean they're all good or they're all bad. It only means you got to find a way to get it made. I'm looking and here. I'm looking here, yeah. Shell. I'm looking here on yeah. your on your um, your little cheat sheet that I've got for you. And uh -uh. it says here, and I didn't know this, it says that you created NBC's animated show Sheldon. Yeah. Is, With my husband. With your yeah. husband, okay. Yeah. And is that from the, the um, you know, like the, the nerds? 
Is that? No. Okay. No. All, right. all right. No, 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 no. All right. No, no. All right. All right. This, all right. Is, this is a show you wouldn't know. This is, this was a show for kids. Okay. 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 The I coolest was... thing about that show is that I wrote the, um, I wrote the theme song. You did? Show. You came up and with lyrics? Yeah, that was fun. And, and then we did another animated show where, again, one of, one of the weirdest credits I've ever had, and I really like it, is I wrote the theme song for this other animated show we did for Asia. And the show was recorded by the man who was described to me as Thailand's Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, That's so a copa. I got to write a song for, for, the, for the Thai Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> How fun is that? I think that's the cool thing. You get to meet so many people. I am always on your Facebook page, Shelly Goldstein. And every yeah. time I turn around, you're with somebody else cool. I mean, I guess when you're in, when you live in Hollywood, like you do. I'm uh, with you. You're cool. I know. But, you, <laughs> but when, you know, um, you, you run across these people, you work with these people, you rub elbows with these people. Yeah, it's you fun. Just, you just, you just know. You know, you work with people, you get to know people and, and like, again, like anything else, um, there's this idea that, you know, Hollywood people are, are this way. They're not. Some, some people in Hollywood are the best people I've ever met. Some are okay. Some are rotten. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like all the people that you went to third grade with. It's like anything else. It's like high school. probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? You know, I think Robin Williams said, uh, Hollywood was high school with money. Right. I, I so I found uh, the Barry Manilow song I was looking for. So I, oh, the Copa. The Copa <laughs> Cabana. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. All right. Well, the, the, the I t- once I once just once, but yeah. I once worked with Barry. You did? The, the nicest man in the entire world. Oh, I'm sure. Wonderful man. Wonderful, wonderful guy. He wrote the McDonald's theme. He did. Right, which was you deserve a break today. You deserve you know. a break all today, way back in the day. And like a good neighbor, state farm. He wrote that. He too. wrote that too. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> wow, you never. You just learn so much. That's what I love about you, Shell. You're just so good to interview because you always have great I, facts. I am Johnny. I know useless stuff. I know more useless stuff than anybody. I I will. I, you will never be able to see me because I never know where my keys are. You know, <laughs> a pair of socks. No, but I can tell you. You know, six, 58 years ago today, the Beatles had their first number one on the American charts. Really? What was, was it? And it was, I want to, I want to hold your hand. That was it. I that wanna, was it? All right, I'm going to find it so we can play it. When it was today? Oh, yeah. How did you know that? Was, did you just look that because, up? Because I know, just because I know that stuff. Because <laughs> they, because they arrived, today's the 2nd of February. They arrived in New York City on February 4th, 1964. And they played Ed Sullivan that Sunday night. There so we they, go. They arrived on the seventh. They played on the ninth. You're a big Beatles fan. I am a big Beatles. Fan. You've done you've done tributes to Paul McCartney. I I'll talk about that in a minute. But let's hear. Right. I want to hold you. Say that something. Epic, right? Best thing, best thing about the pandemic was Peter Jackson finished the Get Back movie. Yeah, did you wow. like it? Did you like eight it? hours yeah. of heaven? Yeah, but yeah, I. Do you um, think they cut a lot out? Probably would have had to. Do you think no, there was some? Had, he had he had about fifty hours to work with. Yeah. So and he came up with eight. So I want to see the other forty-two. You know. 
there will never be another Beatles because it was just such such a uh, you know it was so new and they were so cool and they were just doing their own thing paving their own way and uh bigger than they, life they, they did what the best artists do which is they absorbed a lot of what they loved from all different kinds of artists uh you know john lennon always wanted to be elvis paul mccartney always wanted to be little richard you know yeah. together they wanted to be the everly brothers you know right. uh but they they just came together in this way that that was magic wow so cool. And, all right uh, so tell us tell us about what did you just did you just did like a nice tribute because you're just a super fan or what well no 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 what what happened was the my first experience with something like that is is back in 1995 um what was then called the Three Tolls, because sadly John Lennon was no longer with us. <laughs> uh, but George, Paul, and Ringo got together and they did this special for uh, television called The Anthology. And it was also uh, three CDs and a lot of video. Uh, in those days, it was videotape. Uh, uh, and um, everyone was trying to uh, find programming that would go along with that. Okay. So uh, a network came to me, and I knew Yoko Ono. I had met Yoko through a dear friend of mine, Suzanne Sklar, who opened up a peace garden in Chicago in John Lennon's name. And she wanted to see it, and she came to Chicago, and um, I was kind of sent there to I, – I had written the letter inviting her to the garden – and she said, uh, I'd like to meet the person who wrote the letter. So I, I was what? working in LA at the time, but I flew to Chicago to meet her. I don't blame and you. I met her and I met her son, Sean, John's son, when he was just 10 years old. And um, he is now older than his father was when his father passed away. Yeah. And But I was hired to write and produce a documentary on her life that came out the week after the Beatles anthology uh, appeared on ABC TV in the United States. And working with her was absolutely fascinating and wonderful. And and then uh, another friend of mine is a just rock and roll legend, uh, a drummer named Denny Sywell, who was the first musician Paul McCartney uh, hired after he left the Beatles and wanted to start a group. This is before it was called Wings. It was just him and Linda. Wow. And uh, Denny's a fantastic drummer, brilliant. He's worked with everybody in the business. And he uh, helped Paul form his new group, and they were together for several years. And Denny wanted to write about it. And uh, there's this one little chapter in McCartney's career uh, between the Beatles and Wings that very few people remember, where it was kind of like the Partridge family. They all just took the dogs and their instruments, and they got into a bunch of vans, and they drove to colleges and performed for, for the equivalent of about 75 cents in, a ticket. Sure. In, yeah. in like the student union at some university, you know, nice. say in, nice. you know, somewhere in Scotland or That's something. how you get started. And, yeah, and Denny was a part of that. Well, I mean, he'd already been a Beatle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But he was starting this new band without doing any Beatle songs. Okay. And, uh, and my friend Denny was the drummer for that. So I wrote about that and how he met Paul and how he met Linda. And we wrote this wonderful story together that we're trying to get published because it's a fabulous story oh. about this. This, you know, it was 50 years ago. Uh, the Beatles had just ended and uh, Paul's starting this new group. And it's an amazing, amazing story. And that led to Wings, which, you know, create, which was, 
one of the most successful rock bands of all time and one of the number one selling bands of the 70s. So uh, I hope we can get that published somewhere soon. I do too. Yeah. But I got to meet Paul who read it and he liked it. So, you know. Yeah, by the way. said you got it right. You know. Right. Let's see. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm looking here. Um, oh, don't, don't, don't quote anybody. No, I'm not gonna. But I'm gonna. I'm like. I'm like. I'm. I'm. No. I'm. I'm trying to pull out some Paul McCartney and Wing songs. Like. Like this. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Well, Denny played drums on "Live and Let Die" from the great James oh. Bond movie. Oh yeah. Here it is. Denny played on on "My Love," which was a great big hit. When you were All the young. Stuff. Best drums I've heard so far. Oh no, just kidding. There's none in there yet. It's coming, it's coming. Comes the drums, here comes the drums. God, I love you, Shelly Goldstein. You're giving us such great interview today. I love you, Johnny. Aw. All right, so. Um, Groovy Shelly has to come back to your show. Oh, yeah, well, anytime. Well, you know what? We can kind of do it now with the technology. Yeah. Even better now. Yeah. Listen how good you sound. You're in you're in Hollywood, and I'm in Watertown, and you sound amazing. So <laughs> From Hollywood to Watertown. <laughs> from Hollywood. So how was, um? so, so, would you like yeah. to, um? how was your meeting with Yoko? Did you, did was she just happy? she's amazing yeah she's i mean i mean it's another thing that was sort of interesting in the get back movies you saw she was just sitting there you know drinking tea she wasn't right. interrupting them you know sort of thing by she the way was, i just want to mention shelly those of you yeah. it's, she's talking about the new documentary it's fairly new came out around christmas time that's on disney plus right now right? yes okay. get back yeah Okay. See it. Yep. See it. See it. See it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. So she, whether yeah, you're, whether she you're whether you're seven years old or seventy-seven, as they say, it's right. everybody's gonna love this movie. She did sit um, back and drink a lot of tea. That's what I noticed. Yeah. Yes. But she, um, when I worked with her, she was so kind. She opened up her archive. She said, "Anything I can help you find that you need, let me know. I will help you." She told me great stories. I mean, again. Anytime you're doing anything that's a documentary, you always end up with 10 times more material than you can actually use. Yeah, right. And I, and I tried to use the best stuff I could, and, and she was very happy with it. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of amazing um, to, have, uh, to have worked with her and to yeah. have actually, I've never worked with Paul, but for have, have he, he read this thing that I wrote with Denny Sywell that he liked a lot, so... So cool. if I pleased both of them, you know, they, they've both. <laughs> what an honor. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, what an honor. Amazing. All right, so check out Shelly Goldstein. She has a great little YouTube channel with a lot of her comedy, and I think you're getting to like her a lot already because you've listened <laughs> over 47 minutes to uh -oh. Shelly. So, Shelly, what else do you want to talk about today? Anything else? I want to talk about having dinner with Johnny Spisano and how this is going to be the best pod. This is going to be the this is going to be the podcast of 2022. I feel like it might. I think it's going to going to get big. Um, either that. This is the way I looked at when I invented it. I'm like, well, people are going to want to come over to my house just to eat anyway. 
<laughs> and though you're are in you a good cook. Yes. I well, I love to cook. I'm a I'm a in the trenches kind of cook. You know what I'm saying? Like I just uh-huh. I get it done. I'm not necessarily the guy who who cuts everything up. Like I have a friend and and he's you know everything's very he's very OCD. Everything's got to be cut up perfect and this that and the other thing. He wants a lot to mm-hmm. watch a lot of Jacques Pepin or whatever his name is on public TV. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. I'm more like in the trenches kind of guy. And, and yeah, I, okay. And I make I like it all that. come together. I make it all come together. And I, I love to cook, and I love to eat, and I love to entertain. I get that from my mom. She used to do – there was always people at my house. Always. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. And she was always cooking for all of them. So it just feels like the right thing to do. Wherever you are, Sandra, I love you. We used to call her house Sandyland because <laughs> it was like it was like a magical place to come and hang out and, and have cocktails and dinner. And, and I kind of – I love that. Yeah, I try to do the same thing. So if, if you ever fly from Hollywood to Watertown, I will. I owe you a, a dinner. We're going to make that happen. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe we'll get you back on again. Maybe we could do like a, a special on the Oscars for the podcast or something like that. We can do that. I would love to do that. I always love hanging with you, Johnny. You are, you are an intoxicating man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Shelly Goldstein, everybody. So listen, again... Find her on YouTube. Go find Shelly Goldstein and and mm-hmm. and get to know her work and what she does. And um, I don't know, like maybe find out where she lives. Go visit. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't throw that in there. You know, I am curious though, Shelly. Again, I'm just yes. fascinated by people who write comedy. Okay. I mean, yeah, I try, and I guess maybe I'm in the trenches comedy kind of person. Like, I don't work real hard at it, but sometimes I say something that's funny. <laughs> but well, how do you sit down and just say, "Oh, I got to be funny now"? <laughs> again, and I'm and and I I'm not trying to be flippant. I'm I truly I am not. But but it's just some every, everybody has something they can do. You know, yeah. I'm I'm useless at just about everything. Yeah. But I'm funny. You got you know? that career. I, I I I know how to make people laugh, and that makes me that makes me really happy. Because we are living in rotten times. Right. <laughs> Everybody right. is sad. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's pissed off, you know. And it's just, you know, if you can get together with somebody and laugh together, odds are you're going to be able to talk to each other. And True. the more we talk to each other, maybe the less we'll all stop trying to kill each other. True. You know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that's, that's everybody... You know, every everybody on every political end of the spectrum, every gender, every whatever, you know, we just we're people, you know, and people feel better when they laugh. Laughing is good for you. You know, I, I, I may, you know, laughing is 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 actually I, th- this is going to sound goofy, but it is true. The, the sort of muscles and things and the chemical release that happens with your laughter in your body is the same thing that happens when you have an orgasm. That's why laughter feels so good. Wow. I never really yeah. put two and two together. That's why yeah. that's that famous line. I'll have what she's having. Was, exactly. Was that? Was exactly. <laughs> that was Rob Reiner giving it to his mother. Right. And, uh, that, that, that didn't sound right. I <laughs> Giving the line to his mother in, <laughs> in When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Yes. I do find that it is. So I've been doing um, a morning show for like mm-hmm. over 20 years and, uh, some days it is tough with so much negative and bad news and people in a bad mood. And I do understand it's kind of my job to 
to add some light to their day. Yeah. And, and, and help them escape and elevate their mood. But man, some days it's, it's even tough for me to get started. And again, that's why I keep going back to that. You know, where do you find it in you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but like you said, you got the gift. It's given from God. Hand it down. It is. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and, uh, all right. Uh, so do you have, do you have any, any, um, any, uh, I don't know any, I, I know it's tough because there is no crowd here, but do you have any <laughs> of your routine that you want to do or uh, anything like that? Or maybe that you've written recently that you want to try out on us? Uh, Ooh, 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 ooh. Well, um, I'm putting you on the spot again, but you're so good. It is, it is, a, it is on the spot. You are well, so good. Well, look, right now there's a there's a there are blizzards going on oh all over God. the country. Yeah. People are buried in snow. Yeah. But you know, like everything else, things are reported differently. You know, so I, I was trying to check out some friends of mine in Chicago, or they're just buried in sh- in snow. Yeah. Or so yeah. I heard, and I looked, and I heard some meteorologists had predicted that there was going to be 30 inches of snow. Yeah. And other meteorologists said there was only going to be three inches. So I'm guessing that the first group was men and the second group was women. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We never lie about that. <laughs> just, just like you women. I mean, as soon as you take those bras <laughs> off, the boobs look exactly the same. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes you can, you know, seduce a man and wax the floor at the same time without even moving. One time, one time, right? Yeah. I I saw a woman and I was like, man, boy, she has a beautiful figure. And, um, I noticed that her t-shirt said guess. And I said, that's appropriate. (laughs) See, I know I'm no good. (laughs) Shelly Goldstein. I love you. I love you more since we sat here and talked for the last uh, 50 minutes. And I just, I think I want to let you go and get back to doing your thing. I do appreciate you being on our podcast. We, this is the dinner at Johnny's podcast. If you want to find out more where, again, where do you want them to go? Anything else you want them to follow you on Twitter or anything cool like that? Shelly, got anything like that? Uh, uh, On Twitter, I'm groovy Shelly. Okay. And uh, I would I would love if people would uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, please. Which is just Shelly Goldstein, silly silly songs. <laughs> Shelly Goldstein, silly songs. Love yes, it. Yes, you love know. It. All right, everybody. All right, my friend, Jenny. Uh, this has been so much fun. We will have a real dinner sometime soon, but but see see you on the airwaves soon. I owe you one.